Section 5 of Atlantic Narratives, Modern Short Stories, Second Series, published 1918 by the Atlantic Monthly Press. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Seth Miles and the Sacred Fire by Cornelia A. P. Cummer. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Part 1 Richard, said my dad about a week after commencement, life is real. You have had your education and your keep, and you're a pleasant enough lad around the house. But the time has come to see what's in you, and I want you to begin to show it right away. If you go to the coast with the family, it will mean three months fooling around with the yacht and the cars and a bunch of pretty girls. There's nothing in that for you any longer. Of course, this rubbed me the wrong way. Now, you've got your degree. It's time we started something else. You say you want to be a scholar. I suppose that means a college professor. Of course, scholarship doesn't pay. But if I leave you a few good bonds, probably you can clip the coupons while you last. I don't insist that you make money, but I do insist that you work. My son must be able to lick his weight in wildcats, whatever job he's on. Do you get me? I looked out of the window and nodded, somewhat haughtily. Of course, I couldn't explain to Dad the mixture of feelings that led me to choose scholarship. For while I am keen on philology, and really do love the classics so that my spirit seems to swim, if you know what I mean, in the atmosphere that upheld Horace and the wise Cicero of De Senectuta, I also thought there was money enough in the family already. Wasn't it a good thing for the Bonnewells to pay tribute to the humanities in my person? Didn't we somehow owe it to the world to put back in culture part of what we took out in cash? But how could I get that across to Dad? He looked at me as if he, too, were trying to utter something difficult. There are passions of the head as well as of the heart, he said finally. I opened my eyes, for he didn't often talk in such fashion. The old Greeks knew that. I always supposed a scholar, a teacher, had to feel that way if he was any good, that it was a mark of his calling. Perhaps you've been called, but if so, you keep it pretty dark. He stopped and waited for an appropriate response, but I just couldn't get it out. So I remarked, If I'm not on the boat this summer, you'll need another man when you cruise. That's my affair, he said, looking disappointed. Yours will be to hold down your job. I've got one ready for you. If you don't like it, you can get another. We'll see about a Ph.D. and Germany later on. But for this season, I had influence enough to get you to summer school in the Jericho district beyond Garibaldi, and you can board with Seth Miles. When I was a child, before we moved to Chicago, we lived in Oatesville, at the back of beyond. Garibaldi is an Indiana crossroads about five miles further on the road to nowhere. Oh, Dad, I said, but I put everything I thought into those two words. He instantly began to look as much like the heavy father on the stage as is possible to a spare man with a Roman nose. So I shrugged my shoulders. Oh, very well, I said. 
if you find me a fossil in the fall pick out a comfortable museum to lend me to won't you richard said my dad god only knows how a boy should be dealt with i don't if i could only tell you the things i know so you would believe them i'd set a match to half my fortune this minute i want you to touch life somewhere but i don't know how to work it in i'm doing this in sheer desperation i could see he meant it too for his eyes were shiny and the little drops came out on his forehead i don't happen to know anybody fitter than old miles to inspire a scholar and a gentleman so if the summer doesn't do you any good it can't do you any harm i shall label your season's work richard bonnewell jr on his own hook exhibit a don't forget that your mother and i may seem to be in maine but i guess in our minds we'll be down at jericho schoolhouse looking on most of the time you'd think a man might buck up in response to that wouldn't you but i didn't particularly it made me feel superior toward dad because he didn't know any better than to arrange such a summer thinking it would teach me anything i suspected this indulgent attitude of mine might break down later and it did it was a blazing hot summer for one thing one of those occasional summers of the middle west when the cattle pant in the fields and the blades of corn get limp on their stalks mr miles who was a benign bachelor lived in a brick farmhouse with one long wing and a furnace of which he was very proud he put up his own ice too which was more to the point in july his widowed sister kept house for him and if the meat was usually tough the cream and vegetables were beyond praise he owned a store in Garibaldi as well as this large farm so he was a man of means and important in his own sphere to look at he was rather wonderful i don't know how to describe him he had keen kind blue eyes wavy white hair strong regular features there was a kind of graciousness and distinction about him that didn't fit his speech and dress it was as if you always saw the man he might be in the shadow of the man he was put him into evening clothes and take away his vernacular and he'd be one of the loveliest old patriarchs you ever met the schoolhouse was brick too set back from the road in a field of hard-trodden clay decorated with moth-eaten patches of grass for further adornment there was a row of box alders out in front as a temple of learning it fell short as its ministrant i did the same there were forty scholars squirmy grimy little things that i found it hard to tell apart at first i knew this was not the right attitude but how could i help it i had never tried to teach anybody anything before in my life the bigger girls blushed and giggled the little boys made faces and stuck out their tongues as it was a summer session there were no big boys to speak of to go in for scholarship does not at all imply the teacher's gift or the desire for it at oxford you know they are a bit sniffy about lecturers who arouse enthusiasm such are suspected of being popular and that really is quite awful some of our men have a similar notion and no doubt it colored my views yet deep down i knew that if i was a teacher it was up to me to teach i really did try but it takes time to get the hang of anything i was homesick too mildred and millicent my kid sisters are great fun and the house is full of young people all summer long at home 
when i shut my eyes i could see the blue sparkling waters of the inlet and the rocking of our float with its line of gay canoes how can i describe the rising tide of sick disgust at my surroundings that began to flood my spirit now that it's all in the past i'd like to think it was purely my liver i didn't get enough exercise really i didn't for it was too hot to walk much but perhaps part of it was just bad temper you see it takes a good deal of a fellow to stand such a complete transplanting i hated the paper shades in my bedroom tied up with cord and the nottingham curtains and the springs that sank in the middle i hated the respectable brussels carpet in the best room and the red rocking chairs on the porch i hated the hot sleepless nights and the blazing drowsy days oh i tell you i had a glorious grouch i didn't exactly hate the squirming children for some of them began to show signs of almost human intelligence after they got used to me and that did win me but i hated that little schoolroom where the flies buzzed loudly all day long on the streaky panes with deadly hatred i hated it i got to feeling very badly treated what did my father suppose such commonplace discomforts were going to do for me what part had a summer like this in the life and work that were to be mine i lost that comfortable little feeling of advantage over life i mislaid my consciousness of the silver spoon in about three weeks it seemed as if i'd always taught summer school at jericho and might have to keep on oh well i was hot and sore everybody has been hot and sore some time or other i suppose the minute description can be omitted but i don't know whether everybody with a grievance gets so badly twisted up in it as i do these emotions reached their climax one muggy sultry july day as i plodded moist and unhappy back from the schoolhouse i wiped my forehead gritted my teeth and vowed i would not stand the whole situation another twenty-four hours i'd resign my position wire dad and take a train for somewhere out west in the mountains if i had to make good on my own hook in three months i'd at least do it in a cool place at work of my selecting the challenged party ought to have the choice of weapons my room was intolerably stuffy so i came downstairs reluctantly and sat on the front steps there was a wide outlook for the house stood on a ridge of land that broke the flat prairie like a great welt old miles was there watching a heavy cloud bank off in the southwest those clouds had been fooling around every evening for a week but nothing ever came of it the longer the drought the harder it is to break i made some caustic remark about the weather and sat down probably i looked cross enough to bite the poker miles looked at me and then looked away quickly as if it really were not decent to be observing a fellow in such a rage i knew the look for i've felt that way myself about other men yes bad weather he said when it gets too hot and dry for corn it's too hot and dry for folks and then it always rains it'll rain tonight you wait and see i murmured something disparaging to the universe richard said mr miles suddenly and strongly i know what ails you it ain't the weather it's your teaching you're discouraged because you can't make em sense things but it ain't time yet for you to get discouraged i hate to see it for it ain't necessary 
this made me feel a little ashamed of myself did you ever teach mr miles i asked for the sake of seeming civil yes i did so i know there's a secret to teaching you probably ain't got yet i don't know as i could help you to it it ain't likely and yet <laughs> unlikely indeed i thought aloud i said politely i'd be glad to hear your views i know what you feel he said with extraordinary energy my lord don't i know what you feel you want to make em sense things as you sense em you want to make em work as you can work you won't be satisfied until you've given em the thirst to know and the means of knowing yes i know what you feel i stared at him dumbfounded i knew what i felt too but it wasn't much like this there are pictures in your brain that you must show em there's a universe to cram inside their heads god has been working for a billion years at doing things and just one little life to learn about em in to feel you're on his trail a following fast and got to pass the feeling on i guess there's no wine on earth so heady is there boy i couldn't pretend i didn't understand him i have had it too that wonderful sensation we pack away into two dry words and label intellectual stimulus but it hadn't come to me that i could or should pass it on i thought it was an emotion designed for my private encouragement and delight and what was old seth miles doing with intellectual stimulus i would as soon expect to unearth a case of champagne in his cellar but however he got it undeniably it was the real thing a dozen questions rushed to my tongue but i held them back for he was looking me up and down with a wistful tenderness that seemed to prelude further revelation i'm going to tell you the whole story now he said with an effort i promised your father i would he told me to and i'd better get it over maybe there's something in it for you and maybe not but here it is part two i've lived right here since i was a little shaver my father cleared this land on the ridge and as i grew up i helped him we were a small family for those days i was the only boy there was one sister sarah who keeps house for me now and cynthia cynthia was an orphan my folks took to raise for company to sarah my father was her guardeen and she had two thousand dollars so it wasn't charity you understand she was the prettiest child and the gentlest i ever seen with her big brown eyes her curly bronze hair and her friendly little ways i made it my business to look after cynthia the way a bigger boy will from the time she come to us sometimes sarah being larger and self-willed would pick on her a little and then i'd put sarah in her place mighty sudden perhaps cynthia was my romance for she was a little finer stuff than we were but i wasn't a sentimental boy quite the other way mostly i was counted a handful you ain't got anybody in your school as hard to handle as i was when i was a cub when i went to school i went for the fun of it and to torment the teacher i hadn't another thought in my head if i didn't get a lickin once a week i thought i was neglected when i was sixteen i'd been through day balls arithmetic and i could read and spell a little for my own use but my spelling wasn't much good to anybody else that was all i knew and all i wanted to know you see the little i learned was all plastered on the outside so to speak 
it hadn't called to anything inside me then one fall there come a new teacher to our school a young fella earning money to get through college he got on the right side of me somehow i can't tell how he did it because i don't know but first he set me studying and then he set me thinking and i began to work at books from the inside they weren't tasks anymore he made me feel like i had a mind and could use it just like i knew i had strong muscles and could use them seems if when i once got started i couldn't stop i got up mornings to study i studied nights and i studied sundays there couldn't nothing stop me i thought i'd found the biggest thing on earth when i found out how to make my mind work jerusalem those were days i was happy then sometimes i wonder what the lord's got saved up for us in the next world as good as that tasted in this he stopped threw back his head and drew in a long ecstatic breath as though he would taste again the sharp sweet flavor of that draught i studied like that for nigh two years then a new idea struck me it was one spring day i remember father and i was plowing for corn i said father if i could get a school i guess i could teach he hadn't no more idea i could teach than i could go to congress not a bit but i finally drilled it into him that i was in earnest and that fall he helped me get a school near home i never did any work as hard as that it was against me that i was so near home and everybody knew i'd never studied until just lately i could tell you stories from now till bedtime about the times i had with the big boys and girls but i never let go my main idea for a minute that it wasn't just so much grammar and arithmetic i was trying to cram into em but that i had to show em how to sense it all by and by one after another found out what i was after the bright ones took to it like ducks to water it was just wonderful the work they'd do for me once they understood a notion took shape in my head for all i could see the things to learn were endless they stretched ahead of me like a sun path on the water i thought maybe i can go on learning all my days maybe i can teach as i learn so young folks will say of me as i said of my teacher he showed me how to sense things for myself that notion seemed wonderful good to me it grew stronger and stronger it seemed as if i'd fit into such a life the way a key fits into its lock and i couldn't see no reason why i shouldn't put it through so i spoke to father he didn't say much but i noticed he didn't seem keen about it he'd bought the store at the corners two years before and it seemed to me it would work out pretty well if he sold the farm and just tended store and had a little house in Garibaldi, as he and mother got along in years i thought likely sarah would marry and anybody might be sure cynthia would she and sarah had two years schooling in oatsville by this time and they held themselves a bit high cynthia was grown up that pretty and dainty you caught your breath when you looked at her there's some young girls have that dazzling kind of a look when you lay eyes on em it hardly seems as if it could be true they looked like that cynthia was one of that kind my plans took shape in my mind the second winter i taught i set my heart on teaching one more year and then going to school somewhere myself i got the state university catalog and began to plan the studying i did nights so it would help me enter it was just then that i ran against the proposition of teaching greek a boy from york state come out to spend the winter with an uncle whose farm joined ours 
he'd lost his father and i guess his mother didn't know what to do with him i don't mean dick wasn't a good boy but likely he was a handful for a woman living so near we saw a lot of him he was always coming in evenings to see the girls and he pretended to go to school too he was sort of uppish in his ways and i knew he made fun of me and my teaching all around among the neighbors what did he do one day but bring me some beginning greek exercises to look over with his head in the air as if he was saying guess i've got you now i took his exercises and looked at em awful wise and said those were all right that time bless you i didn't know alfie from omeggy but i meant to mighty quick i walked seven miles and back that evening to borrow some greek books of a man i knew had em and sat up till two o'clock trying to get the hang of the alphabet well sir i just pitched into those books and tore the innards out of em and then i pitched into that fella you'd ought to have seen him open his eyes when he found i knew what i was talking about he got tired of his greek inside of two weeks but i held him to it i made him keep right on and i did the same and kept ahead of him it interested me awfully that greek i borrowed some more books and got me some translations i don't say i got so i could read it easy but i got on to a lot of new ideas there was one book about a fellow who was strapped to a rock for a thousand years for bringing the fire of the gods to mortals probably you've heard of it i like that all this sounded to me a good deal like a fairy tale the old gentleman was telling of course all education is so much more rigid nowadays that the idea of anybody pitching in that way and grabbing the heart out of any form of knowledge was novel to me yet i'd read in the biographies of great men that such things had really been done only mr miles wasn't a great man how then had he come to accomplish what i understood was essentially an achievement of genius the thing staggered me prometheus bound said seth miles meditatively that's the one you may think i was conceited but it seemed to me i knew how that man felt to make them look up to kindle the flame didn't i know how a man could long to do that wouldn't i too risk the anger of the gods if i could fire those children's minds the way my own was fired you see it's this way richard a feeling is a feeling there are only just so many of them in the world and if you know what any of them is like you do that's all when i spoke to father about my plans again he looked as if i'd heard him a pitiful caught look came in his eyes and he said don't let's talk about it now seth i i really ain't up to it today there was something in what he said or the way he said it that just seemed to hit my heart a smashing blow i felt like i had swallowed a pound of shot and yet i didn't know why i couldn't see anything wrong nor any reason why my plans wasn't for the best for all of us but those few words he said and the way he looked upset me so that i went off to the barn after school that afternoon and climbed into the haymow to find a quiet place to figure the thing out i hadn't been there long before i heard voices down below and cynthia's laugh and somebody climbing the ladder it was cynthia and dick sarah had sent them out to hunt more eggs for a cake she was baking i didn't think they'd stay long and i wanted to be let alone so i just kept quiet now i want to say before i go any further that dick would have been a great deal more no account than he was if i hadn't admired cynthia and it wasn't any wonder she liked him 
besides what there was to him there was plenty of little reasons like the kind of neckties he wore and the way he kept his shoes shined there was always a kind of style about dick they rustled round laughing and talking till they got the five eggs they were sent for and then cynthia made as if she started down the ladder dick held her back not till you've kissed me he said i'm ashamed of you she said i'm proud of myself said he to think i know enough to want it why cynthia i ain't never had one but i'd swear a kiss of yours would be like the flutter of an angel's wing across my lips that's foolishness she said but she said it softly as if she liked foolishness maybe you wonder how i remember every little thing they said it's like it was burned into my brain with fire for i no sooner heard em foolin with one another that soft little way that something seemed to wring my heart with such a twist that it stopped beating dick kiss cynthia why why cynthia was mine she'd always been as close to me as the beat of my own heart from the minute i first laid eyes on her i'd known it in the back of my mind i'd never put it into words not even to myself but that was the way it was so now my soul just staggered nobody could kiss cynthia but me that was all foolishness said dick his voice was sort of thick and blurry and of a sudden i could hear him breathing hard foolishness i guess it's the only wisdom that there is my god my god oh cynthia just one kiss dick why dick her little voice sounded like the birds you sometimes hear in the middle of the night just that soft astonished questioning note i suppose i was across that mow and beside him in five seconds but it seemed to me it took an hour to cross it i never traveled so long and hard a road nor one so beset with terror and despair they turned and faced me as i came dick's face was red and in his eyes was agony no less cynthia was very white her little head held high on her slender neck her eyes were brave and clear maybe i was excited but it seemed to me that she was shining from head to foot you see to her it was so wonderful we stood there silent for a long minute looking clean into one another's souls dick's eyes and mine met and wrestled i never fought a fight like that without a word nor a blow and yet we were fighting for more than our lives his eyes didn't fall he didn't look shamefaced oh he too had pluck as my brain cleared of the queer mist that cry of his seemed to sound pitifully in my ears oh cynthia just one kiss i don't suppose there's a man on earth that ain't said that from once to fifty times just as much in earnest as dick and just a little thinking them words are the key in the door the door that gives on the road running down to hell or up to heaven you've got to move one way or the other if you open that door it ain't a road to linger on love marches that was the way it come to me then for most men love marches but me how about me the love that came to me had been silent and patient it had sat in my heart like a bird on its nest was i different from other men did i ask less give more was i just a boy how was i to know it was cynthia broke the tension she was always a bit of mischief suddenly she smiled and dimpled like the sun coming out from a cloud she caught dick's fingertips quick and brushed them across her lips well seth 
she says to me cheerful and confident again is he your choice cynthia said i dare you leave us all of us and go to him forever i asked her steadying my voice she looked a little hurt and a little puzzled has it come to that she asked me maybe it hasn't with you i answered but it has with dick and with me cynthia she looked at me as if she didn't know what i meant and then the color rushed up into her face in a glorious flood not not you too seth she cried oh not you too yes cynthia now and always she looked from me to dick and back to me again in her face i saw she was uncertain why didn't you tell me before she cried out sharply why didn't you teach me oh seth he needs me most dick's eyes and mine met and clashed again like steel on steel but it was mine that fell at last we all went back to the house together without saying any more it come to me just like this dick was tangled in his feelings and the feelings are the strongest cords that ever bind a boy like him cynthia was drawn to him because of her dick was a thing of splendor and it was so wonderful he needed her i needn't tell you what it was tied me i still had a fighting chance to get her away from him but was it fair of me to make the fight every drop of blood in my body said yes every cell in my brain said no for you see life had us in a net but i was the strong one and i could break the net i went off and walked by myself sundown come and milking time and supper but i forgot to eat or work i walked no man can tell you what he thinks and feels in hours like them there ain't no words for the awful hopes or the black despairs or the gleams that begin like lightning flashes and grow to something like the breaking dawn i couldn't get away from it anyhow i turned it wasn't a situation i dared leave alone not with dick at white heat and cynthia so confident of herself and so pitiful it wasn't safe to let things be i must snatch her from him or give her to him it was my turn now to cry out oh my god twas long after dark when i come back my mind was made up they should have each other i'd do what i could to make the thing easy after all i told myself you ain't completely stripped don't think it you have the other thing you can carry the torch you can bring down the flame folks will thank you yet for the sacred fire i laid that thought to my heart like something cool and comforting and it helped me to come through when i got back to the house it was late and everybody was abed but my father he was sitting right here where we are waiting up for me there was a moon some past the full rising yonder i sat down on the step below him and put it to him straight father said i dick's in love with cynthia she's eighteen and he's twenty i judge we'd better help em marry he give a heartbroken kind of groan don't i know she's eighteen he said ain't it worrying the life right out of me whatever do you mean i asked pretty sharp for i sensed bad trouble in his very voice it's her two thousand dollars he said she's due to have it if she marries she's got to have it right away and i ain't got it to give her that's all where is it what's become of it i bought the store at the crossroads with it and give her my note 
but i hain't no business to do it that way and the store ain't done well and the farm ain't done well the summer's been so cold and wet corn ain't more than a third of a crop and i put in mainly corn this year i can't sell the store i don't know's i can mortgage the farm i don't know what to do if you leave home like you talk of i shall go under somebody's got to take hold and help me i can't carry my load no longer so there was that and i had to face it alone i didn't despair over the money part of it like father did i knew he'd neglected the farm for the store and the store for the farm if i'd been with him either place instead of teaching things would have gone on all right i thought dick could have his choice of the store or a part of the land to clear up the debt to cynthia but whichever he took father'd need me to help out i could see he was beginning to break and dick would need me too till he got broke in to work and earning so now it was me that life had in the net and there was no way i could break out father went off to bed a good deal happier after i told him i'd stand by he even chippered up so he said this you're all right seth and teaching's all right but i've thought it all over and i've come to the conclusion that teaching and studying's like hard cider it goes to your head and makes you feel good but after all there ain't nothing nourishing about it i'd like to see you make some money i sat on those steps the rest of the night i guess while the waning moon climbed up the sky and then dropped down again tain't often a man is called on to fight two such fights in a single day i ain't been able to look at the moon past the full since that night and yet towards morning there come peace i saw it this way at last to help is bigger yet than to teach if prometheus could be changed to that rock a thousand years while the vultures tore his vitals just so that men might know couldn't i bear the beaks and claws a little lifetime so that father and cynthia and dick might live i thought i could and i have mr miles stopped short something gripped my throat i shall never see again such a luminous look as i caught on his face when he turned it toward the darkening west the black clouds had rolled up rapidly while we were talking and if you'll believe me when he had finished it thundered on the right is is that all i said chokily cynthia's had a happy life he said dick made good in the store and he's made good out yonder in the world dick has gone very far and as for me there's only one thing more i want in this world if if i could see her boy and his pick up the torch i dropped and carry on that sacred fire it was mighty queer but i found i was shaking all over with an excitement i hardly understood something that had been hovering in the air while he talked came closer and suddenly showed me its face but i said thick and fast but why mother's name is cynthia yes richard and and father father yes richard it was my turn to feel something squeeze my heart as in two hands i'll never tell you how i felt for i saw a thousand things at once i saw what dad meant by my touching life and i saw the meaning of the path i had chosen blindly 
before me like a map were spread their lives and mine today and yesterday i shook with the passions that had created me i vibrated with the sacrifices that had gone to make me possible for the first time in all my days i got a glimpse of what the young generation means to the elder on my head had descended all their hopes i was the laden ship that carried their great desires mine to lift the torch for all of them and thank god for the chance i struck my tears away and reached out blindly to grasp seth miles bony hand i guess he knew i meant it end of story biographical and interpretive notes by charles swain thomas cornelia a p cummer accomplished critic essayist and writer of short stories was educated at vassar and afterwards engaged in journalistic work in the middle west and california she now lives in seattle there are really three stories in one cynthia's and dick's we put together from suggestions that of seth miles we know from his own detailed narrative richard's remains for our forming all the details are woven into a tale of one day a hot day and sultry in itself is made to coincide with the grumblings and self-pitying of a pampered son both day and character are cleared without the arrival of the threatened storm and duty is made as splendid and beautiful as the sun emerging from a darkened sky a dilettante conceiving in his cultured self an appropriate offering from mammon to the muses learns that even the heir of millions has work to do the place and the teacher emphasize the greatness of the lesson there is little doubt in the reader's mind that seth miles sacrifice has been worth while to him comes a double reward the realization that cynthia and dick have lived lives worth his self-denial and the satisfaction that to their son through his own wise teachings has come the ability to sense things suggested points for study and comment one comment upon the advantages secured by opening the story with direct quotations two what light do these quotations throw upon the character of richard's father three note how quickly the transfer is made from the office of mr bonwell senior to seth miles farmhouse such compression is necessary in a short story four how do you explain richard's first attitude toward his teaching and toward all his surroundings at garibaldi five what was the first surprise richard received concerning the character of seth miles six what according to mr miles was the marked change which the young teacher earning money to get through college affected seven was seth miles sacrifice the sacrifice he made when he gave up cynthia a natural one under the circumstances why what helped to console him for his loss eight what was the second sacrifice and in what spirit was it met nine contrast seth miles spirit with the spirit of sister anne in miss carmen's the debt end of seth miles and the sacred fire